What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the EPM Show. This is all things enterprise performance management, and we are here to give you an unfair career advantage. Today, we have Garnier Silva joining the show. He is the director of delivery and leads the Americas team at Kirus. He spent almost 20 years in the EPM industry, and he drops some serious knowledge around people leadership today, specifically how to identify whether or not people leadership is the right next step for you, the nuanced approach that's required in leading international teams, as well as how he successfully made the transition from being an individual contributor to leading people he was formerly on teams with. There was a unique transition there for him, and he shares a lot about how he was able to do that. And then lastly, why having an ownership mentality around your career is absolutely critical for success. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value out of it. Check it out. Garnier, how you doing? Hey, hi, Sam. I'm doing very, very well. And about you? Good, man. I'm doing fantastic, fantastic. We're excited to have you on. I will jump right in to the meat of the show and tell me a little bit about you and your career in 60 seconds or less. Good. That would be a big challenge, but good. So starting from the very beginning, like I, I, I born in the state of Rio de Janeiro. I live in Brazil in Sao Paulo today since my five, since I was five years old. I have a um, seven years old kid called Miguel, which is like my passion of life, of course. He's probably in the best period of his life today. Well, talking about like something that makes me for, that I make for fun is like playing soccer as probably 90% of the Brazilian people, right? I play soccer occasionally, and of course, the, my dream as a kid was to be a professional player, which you may have not said that I'm not. So today, I mean, you know, and uh, talking about, you know, my career itself, I, I graduated in building status, started my career, started my career in a big four here in Brazil, and uh, since then, working in the EPM environment for 18 years right now, I mean, Kiros for 10. Uh, at this point in leading the teams from Americas over in USA, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina teams, which is uh, a big challenge, but also a big, a big pleasure for me to So, so two things on that first is you have a seven-year-old son. I have a, I have a six week old daughter, wow. so I'm brand new into the fatherhood game. What's one piece of advice that you have for me in being a dad? First. There is not a logic way for you to, you know, to solve all problems. We are from, you know, from the, from the environment and solutions and everything. We tend to believe that there is like the same solution for every same product problem. It's not the case for kids, right? You guys see them crying and crying and crying, you know, to, to trying to do the same problems, but in a different way. So yeah, be patient. You're going to be with this problem for only 18 years, probably. So it's fine. Just 18 years. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's good. I think there will probably be some, some good insights for parenting though, when it comes to people leadership, I think we can good draw bit. some connections there. I hope so. The other thing we share a love for soccer. So my wife played in college as well. What is one thing that your sports career taught you and helped you with in your now professional career? Team player for sure. Like, you know, you. You cannot be like alone solving all the problems. You need the others to help you to achieve your targets and everything. So for sure, being a team player as a kid, playing soccer and everything teaches me a lot about how to work now today in my professional environment. For sure. 
That's so good. Yeah. So, so my wife played in college and I was, a, like I said, and I was, a, I was an athlete as well. And I think mm-hmm. kind of on that, like being a team player and then also just the, the, how you respond when something doesn't go your way, I think is critical. You're in a game competition, like you get a bad call or something happens, you, you, all you can do is play through it. And same thing in, in work and projects, you know, it's, it's not going your way. You're running into obstacles. All you can do is work through it. And so I, I love that. One more question for you kind of on the personal side before we dive into our, our topic for today, but you said you're in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Brazil. If I were to go, like, where would you take me if I was there for a week and what well, would you do? For a week, you need to go to the northwest of Brazil for sure to visit our beach, which if you know, are, we have probably five out of the 10 most beautiful beaches in the world. There is a lot of good places for you to visit there. And if you come to Sao Paulo, some Americans and Italians friends will kill me for that. But you know, you need to, to have some pizza here because we have the best pizza of the world. I'm sorry, Italy, but we have good pizzas here. So enjoy it. The Have's best there. pizza in the world. Challenge accepted, Italy. In my opinion. <laughs> What, what is it that you think, like, in your opinion, makes the pizza the best? Well, the toppings, I mean, like we have like very different aces or, you know, different flavors of pizzas here, like not just cheese and, and tomatoes, of course, but this is the base of everything. But we usually put a lot of toppings in that, on that, which makes it incredibly good. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. No, I mean, the toppings make all the difference in the world for sure. Right. So. Hey, jump, jumping, kind of jumping into the meat of the show here. You, you've already alluded to this a little bit, being an athlete. And, and it was one of the things that being an athlete taught you in your career was being a team player. And like you said, you lead, you lead the America's team here at Key Roost. And so tell me a little bit about just how you got your start in people leadership and what that journey has been like for you. Sure. And I, you know, I want to start this with a little bit in my, when I started my career itself, I was not, I was just an intern and a big four. Of course, I was not leading in one, but I can tell you that I learned the importance of how, why we need to care about people. Like at that time, this company had like very, very strong process of people management and performance management. They were really caring about, you know, listening and making people aware that they are, they are important for the organization. So I learned a lot. I have the luck to work with, you know, great mentors at that time. And I have very candid in my, in my mind today, you know, the importance of being like close to people. And uh, well, when I started really leading people, this happened in 2018. I was around like 12 years in my career, not a kid, of course, but you know, this happened in a little bit fast. Let's say in Kyrus, I was only four years at the company and I started managing the Brazil team. The way it happened, Chad, is, is interesting because, you know, in one day I was a pair of everyone in the team. And then the day after I was leading the entire team in Brazil, which was a big challenge for me. I was not hired for this situation, which is a bit different, right? When you're hired to lead a team, but you were growing in that team. And uh, there were, of course, like people with uh, much more experience than me. Like I was 12 years experience. There were 20, 25 years experienced people. And in part of my team, and this was a big challenge for me, like learning, understanding, and, you know, and being serious about that for them to trust me, that was, that was the right choice. You know, this was a big challenge. I learned a lot and then this is, you know, how I started letting people big challenge, but very, very well received, I think, by the company. Thank you for sharing that story. A couple of things hit me here. One is just like having, a, and I sense it from you, like part of people leadership is having a genuine 
care about the people that you're leading, not just their performance, but making sure that they feel heard and listened to and know that they're valued in the organization. And that's, you want to talk about kind of the blocking and tackling or the basic fundamentals of talent retention at a company, just sure. do that. If people feel cared for and valued and heard, even if maybe it's a, a decision isn't what they would have done, but they got to s share their piece. I mean, that's, that's makes people feel much more connected and like they belong to an organization. So I absolutely love that. Um, the other thing that you mentioned is that, you know, you were 12 years into your career, four years in at Kyrus, and then you started leading people who had been your colleagues or were more senior than you in mm -hmm. terms of their years of experience and things like that. And one thing I know a lot of folks deal with and you know, myself included in many ways is, is imposter syndrome, right? So like, how did you kind of yes. navigate that reality of like, Hey, they've been doing this way longer than I have yet. I am now the leader or we used to be colleagues and of the same level. And now I have ascended to actually being their manager. How did you navigate those relationships and build credibility and things like that? Good. First, I think this was one of the, you know, topics that were exploding in my head at that time. But to be honest with you, I'm very transparent in any kind of relationship that I have. And I'm now for this with my mates also today. And, you know, I did the same. I was transparent with all of them. I was, hey, hey. I took this role. I need to lead this team. I'm going to need your help for sure. So, you know, being clear and transparent and honest with everyone is what makes relationships worth it. You know, they will value your, your honest and being like really transparent and making them aware of the challenges that you are facing. Right, You need them, they need you. So it's like a mix of, you know, trust and sharing the challenge and sharing everything that you don't know or things that you know, and you can, you can, you know, ask their help. But this is, I think for me is being transparent, being honest, and you know, then this way you can build the trust and be, you know, be successful in your challenges. Hey, that, that makes a ton of sense. Kind of one of the things that stuck out to me there was transparency. And when I think about transparency, I think about how a leader has to be the one to go first, right? Like yes. you have to be the one to take the risk first and be honest. Hey, I really need your help here, right? Here's the challenge that I'm facing. Will you help me? And by doing that, you establish trust, you establish that authenticity and which just builds your credibility and your influence with someone when you need to more step into more of that managerial role. So no, that's, that's, that's really, really great. And I know you've kind of ascended. So you started out leading the team in Brazil and now you're leading all of America's correct. Yes. So how has the dynamic changed for you from leading the team in Brazil to leading international teams of different cultures? different, probably have some, some variants of time zone, I'm sure. And those mm -hmm. types of things. So how has your leadership style had to evolve and change good. as your team has grown both in number and geography? Yes. Good point. I think, you know, it took, it took some time for me to find the right configuration, let's say, or the right approach for me to be in the position I am today. Well, just stuff for, you know, to bring the context, I was promoted to Brazil manager in 2018. 2019, it became a lot We started hiring people in other countries here. We have in Colombia and Argentina. In 2021, 22, I became Americans, like, which means like bringing a totally different culture, different time zones, of course, a big country and, uh, you know, different backgrounds of people for sure. Like more senior than what we used to have in Brazil at this point and not that, but a different approach. And what I mean by that, when you're leading international teams, 
you need to be aware and, you know, take into consideration all the future differences that you got to find in your team. This is critical for you to be successful. Like if you don't understand that there will be different histories, different backgrounds, different cultures that you need to take care of, you will not be successful. Like the way you communicate people is different between each region or each country that you're talking to. Like in Latin, we usually are more, you know, warm people. We have, we, we tend to not be so direct. We tend to, you know, beat around a little bit before delivering a tough message or something like that. In US and Europe, you guys are much more direct, which is not bad. I mean, it's great because it's clear and crystal everything that you need to, you know, to just deliver every message that needs to deliver, which is nice. But I took some time to understand it to, you know, to differentiate that between something that could be offensive against something that's just direct. So I think this is the most important. Understand the difference of cultures, backgrounds, you know, all the dynamic that you, that brings both these regions in Brazil. Latin America countries, let's say, economic, economy affects a lot the way people react to problems and to everything. Like we usually, we usually say that we survive, we don't leave, we survive because of, you know, how different it is. Like we have, we always have crisis and we, we are not in an in easy situation, let's say. In a much more developed country, they are like, they're more stable economy and everything. This makes a lot of difference in how people grow, how people create their values and everything. So. We need to take this into consideration, right? This is the value of this, I think. I'm curious, like when you're, when you're bringing teams of, of people together from different countries, different cultures, different histories, like you said, everyone's, you know, worldview is very different based on yes. their lived experiences. So I know for you as a leader, you have to take that into consideration. And I'm sure you have to take the time to seek to understand like that person who lives in Los Angeles versus the colleague who lives in Sao Paulo, Brazil is going to be very, very different. Those lived experiences are, how do you help those two individuals per se, as an example, how do you help them do that as well? Cause you're, you sit kind of over them and can see both, but when they work together, like, how do you, how do you coach that and, and facilitate kind of a culture of understanding and curiosity when it comes to people's backgrounds and stuff like that? What have you seen on the team? Yeah, this is, this is good. Like we, we did this, I think at least twice in the past few years, uh, when we started like being more engaged and, and exchanging knowledge and relationship between each, each country, we did like some sessions about, you know, what's curious about Colombia, what's curious about Brazil, what's curiosity about the USA, you know, sharing between them, like sessions for local teams, explaining what happens here, what is, you know, what's their way of communication, style, communication style and everything. But also when there are this kind of situations, you know, when we need to understand what, you know, what's the main problem that's happening. And it's usually chat about communication, like 90% of the challenge that we have had related to this kind of, you know, interconnection, let's say between countries was related to communication. Like people sometimes, of course, that we have, and I'm not talking just about the language barrier because this exists, of course, I'm not talking in my mother tongue and I apologize if I'm making any kind of mistakes here, but I'm talking about like the style itself that I mentioned before, like sometimes people in the U S they tend to be, sometimes though, they tend to be very direct and 
in Brazil, they'll be offended if something like it's crystal clear. Hey, your job is not good. Please fix that. In Brazil, we would say, hey, please, can you take care a little bit more, you know, be more careful about doing this kind of things, et cetera, et cetera. So we tend to not do that. So what I do, like, I make the bridge. I, I try to fix, like, to understand it, translate it in a better way, not translating itself, but it just, to, you know, making sure that the, the, the messages that we want are being delivered. Like, this is the kind of, the, the, you know, how I treat that the case by case. I love that you have facilitated conversations around just, just the different countries where people live in already and just, just giving time and space to, to do that with folks. And then also when, you know, conflict or misunderstandings arise, being able to be the bridge between the two and help each other understand where they're coming from. I think one of the things I've learned when it comes to people leadership too is like, it is better and always much more healthy for us as leaders to assume positive intent <laughs> in all things until we, until we have, you know, documented evidence. Otherwise let's assume positive That's intent. No one is going to try to do something intentionally wrong, intentionally hurtful <laughs> or anything like that, but we have had a misunderstanding. So when we approach conflict and challenges with positive intent, I think it just totally changes the dynamic of the discussion and totally leads great. to growth. I totally agree with this. I'm also very positive when we have the same kind of challenges. Uh, I, I just say like when it, when I personally face any challenge or any problem that, you know, I was not expecting something, I just had to say, Hey, I don't have time to cry. I need just to react and solve this problem. Right. This is the way I, I usually approach this kind of situation. And uh, well, if this is, sorry, if this is happening to other people in my team, I try to be positive enough. I, Let's just fix that. It's not personal. It's nothing that, you know, someone was trying to hurt you. Let's just fix and, you know, move on. This is the way we usually treat the issues here, the challenges, that's it. Mm, absolutely. So I know it, one of the other things that you and I've talked about offline as well, when it comes to people leadership is that not everybody is best suited to be a people leader and there is a difference and that's okay. And part of that is self-awareness and knowing your strengths, knowing where you're good what gives you energy versus takes energy away from you. So, you know, how would you describe the difference between a good leader in a EPM consult consultative setting versus a great architect? And how should people who are thinking about the next step in their career, almost like hold the mirror up to themselves and say like, where, where do I really, where am I really best? Am I best continuing to pursue technical expertise and growing mm -hmm. in that regard? Or do I need to step up from that senior man, that senior consultant role into more of the team manager position? Like, how would you help someone kind of evaluate that for themselves? This is a great question. I think, well, there are sometimes the shift from a consultant does not happen to a leadership position, right? We promote people, we promote a great consultant, a great solution architect to a people leader or a manager. And the result is that we just lost a great consultant. We don't have a good manager, right? This is, this happens. And, and I, as you said, that that's okay. Like leadership is not for everyone. And I think, you know, in my career, this happened at two times And what I would say, like, if you were a consultant today and you were listening to us here and you were, you know, thinking about a, a position in leadership or something, this is not just about title, like having a leadership position is much more than that. I think you touched on this chat before, if you roll your eyes when people making questions, make questions to you, when people ask for five minutes to talk to you, when people ask your advice, maybe 
it's not the time. Maybe you're not ready for it, right? You should not have a genuine interest on listening and be available for people, you know, and making sure that you were paying attention to what they're saying and try to solve their, their problems. Maybe you're not ready for that. And I can tell you today, Chad, that I'm, I spend today probably 20, 30% of my time, maybe more, just talking to my mentees today. Like, you know, I'm in a position that it's, you know, I need to, of course, I'm monitoring being very stick to my schedule because there's a lot of things happening at the same time, but I still deserve time, reserve some time to talk to my mentees, individuals, one-on-one with them, weekly basis. I learn with them a lot. But I also know listen. I also try to solve problems together and I stand by them. Like every time that we need to take a decision that there is a chance to be, you know, search for, to be, to be, to impact them anyway, I'll be there. I'll be there in front of them, like really to, to take all the, the charge for that. So this is what I later must think about this. Like if you are not ready for that, there is a lot of some great technical people that is very, very successful in their careers. Like. You don't need to go through a world where you believe it's better, but you know, it do not be easy. So there are options, right? It's, 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 it's not like one, one way for sure. Yeah, I know that, that makes a ton of sense. A couple of things that what you were saying, you know, kind of made me, made me think about is the first is that leadership is not a privilege. It's a responsibility. And it's like you said, it's not for everybody. There are some folks like leadership is about serving those who mm -hmm. you lead. It's not just about getting a, a title. That's a privilege as a result of knowledge, right? It's like you said, like you reserve time for your mentees, for those that you, that you lead. And so you have to sacrifice your time. You have mm -hmm. a responsibility to them to give your time to that. And if you're that kind of an individual where that, that feels a little bit like an inconvenience or it's exhausting for you, then pursue that pursue that more technical yeah. path and be a be a SME mm -hmm. and a resource in that way for sure but it's kind of like knowing battery life a little bit I think is is a big part of it for folks and that's that's where when everyone's in the seat where they feel the most life coming from the work they do on a daily basis like yeah. it's the best for the organization because I'm like you or I would take all day to talk to the people that that I lead and that would be a productive day whereas if I'm if I'm too much on the computer doing my work, not engaging with folks, mm -hmm. that's where I, I start to lose, lose battery life a little bit. So no, I love that. Just yeah. looking in the mirror and kind of testing your gut reaction to what's put in front of you. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's, it's just a matter of you understanding where you are right now. Like I just say, like, look at the mirror. If you believe that this would be something that will really energy, bring energy to you. Go for that. If not, like think about different roles. We have at Jiros, let's say, just for you to be aware, like we have Jiros in, in Jiros, we have a position that's just for technical people. Like you will probably not be requested to lead anyone. You will probably not be requested to face clients. It really just solving technical problems. You can be great in that. We need the we need the technical gods, let's say, to help us. So there are positions for 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 this kind of reply also. Like. And for sure, there is also the same in other companies. So there is space. There is no one. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, another, another question that I have for you as we kind of wrap the main part of our, our show here is what piece of advice would you have for someone early in their career in the EPM space? 
Good. I love this. Well, maybe not only on EPM space, but I will repeat something that I, I say to all my mentees, everyone that is really had, have had any opportunity to work with me. And when they ask some advice, the main thing that I say today to them, Chad is like, hey, you are responsible for your career. Like it's not your boss. It's not your parents. It's not your partner, your wife or your husband. It's you, you all your career, you own your happiness. Like it's not anyone else that will make you happy. And if you don't, if, if it, your career is not priority for you, it will not be to anyone else. Like, so make your own look, like be, you know, make things happen. If you're not happy at your job, change it, find another. If you're not happy with decisions that were taken to impact you, like raise your hand, be there, like make it happen. This is something that I repeat constantly to my mentees. And I think it helps them like to, you know, be accountable for the decisions that they take about their own lives. No, that's, that's good. We, we talk a lot about that in some of the leadership work and leadership advisory work that we do, this concept of radical ownership. <laughs> you are, you are responsible ultimately for the results of your career. The buck does stop with you. And that's something I've got to remind myself of every single day too. Like it doesn't, it's not, I, not that I feel like I have attained it. You know what I mean? Like I have to look myself in the mirror and say, you are responsible. And you know, there's a difference between fault versus responsibility. Like, yes. like something bad that happens in the organization, there's layoffs, pipelines down, whatever it is, might not be your fault, mm -hmm. but you How can you take react. responsibility for it. Yeah. And yes. it's going to impact you. So take responsibility for it and, and identify like, what are the things that I have within my control Hopefully. to be able to do? And it's the way you build relationships. It's your knowledge, your expertise, yeah. continue sharpening your soul. I think that's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. So this has just been a very, very rich episode around leadership. And I think it's, it's so important for folks, I think in the EPM space, because one of the things we talk about is if you can pair the, the technical expertise with the soft skills and the ability to influence, there's such a demand for EPM right now that you can write your ticket anywhere. I agree. Totally agree. Like the, the word, the EPM word, this is really war today. It's getting hot and hot. And then for sure there will be opportunities for, for any kind of profile, but this is very good, yeah. very good moment for us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'll get, I'll get you out of here on this. We always ask this question. I love to hear where people are, but do you, you're, you're, you've continued to grow your career in consulting, you're leading teams, you've leading all of America's and you have a seven-year-old son. You know, do you have any sort of a big, hairy, audacious goal that you're going after right now? It doesn't have to be professional, it could be personal, mm -hmm. but what is the, what is the thing that you're working towards right now? Well, well, I love this. I think, well, the most, the, the big, hairy, audacious goal that I have today is like really to be a big investor in startups, like in future. I really have this dream. I'm today an angel investor in Antitech startup. Actually, they are not startup anymore. This happened to me in 2017. They are now like the big company and they love how they're passionate about their objectives and their goals. So I want to be future, someone that can invest more and more in these entrepreneurs and, you know, make them and just see their faces and their eyes crying, let's say, by seeing their companies growing and with a very clear objective to help just, you know, help the world itself. I love that. 
That's awesome. Being an investor and empowering other entrepreneurs to build great organizations that, that make an impact in the world. That's fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. Well, hey, as we close out here, where is it that people can find you if they want to reach out and continue this conversation? Sure. Well, you can find me very easy on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. So Garnier Andrade Sufa. So my entire name is there. So Garnier Sufa, you're probably going to find because there's probably no other Garnier Sufa in the world. Uh, I'm very active there. And of course, in my word email is garnier.suva at cheers.com. So you can just send a note and I'm more than happy to connect and you know, talk about anything. I love it. I love it. Garnier, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and I cannot wait for this to get out to, to the audience so they can start thinking about how to take the next steps in their career, whether it's people leadership and how to do that well, or continuing to pursue the technical path. So thanks for coming on. Thank you, Chad. It's a big pleasure for me. I'm a big fan of your work. So keep that. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Wherever you're consuming this, if it's YouTube, if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed. We have a lot more amazing guests on the way, a lot more great content. We're doing our best to bring you value and have fun while we do it. And we really want this to be a career advantage listening to this show and we want you to enjoy it. So it means a lot. Make sure you're subscribed for what's, what's to come. And also, if you're up for it, it would mean a lot if you leave us a like, a comment, a rating, a review, whatever platform you're on. That really helps and it gets us fired up when we see those. So I appreciate you guys. Find us on LinkedIn. I'm Blake Bozarth, my co-host Chad Pike with a Y. Would love to connect with you there. Have an awesome day. See you next time. Peace.